really, really hard and they execute the system, and that's what it's all about. Yes, there sir. Trust. He's pretty, big, big trust. trust. Big, big trust. trust. Hey, yes, sir. <laughs> right on cue. Hey, right on cue. Hey, I, let me We are back on the Jumbo Set Podcast on the Exit 52 Podcast Network, presented as always by Jimmy's Famous Seafood. My name is Jake Luke, and I'm joined as always by my good friend Spencer Nathaniel Schultz. How are we doing tonight, sir? We're doing well. There's just goofy stuff going on. We're having a lot of fun on on Twitter. We're having a lot of fun in general. It's a fun season. The Ravens are cooking. I'm laughing right now. There's been some really funny stuff going on, but Pat McAfee at Pat McAfee Show, May 19th. 2022 huge congrats to at sam cook Four on an incredible career thanks for everything you did for the punter position go enjoy life brother cheers pat posted on like i said may 19th when sam cook retired uh formally retired sam cook 29 minutes ago appreciate you pat thanks for thanks for making the brand what it is today just a nice 18 month later thank you to pat mcafee Tons of funny stuff going on lately. Good week of content. Good week of fun. Fun win. Just just having fun. I hit a drive 300 yards today. I felt like the you know I felt like Julius Caesar uh, in his early days. I guess I should say when I I cranked that one. So I'm having a lot of fun. How are you feeling? Oh, I'm feeling great. And you know I, that's great. And I, I certainly hope it wasn't like the uh, Ryan Gosling and the Big Short misappropriating the Caesar quote, the Alexander the Great quote to Caesar. Uh, and it actually was a 300 yard drive because some people can get a little, uh, you know, get a little. The the fish was a lot bigger in in this iteration of the story. I, I'm oh, not ca- I didn't ca- I didn't carry 300. I hit it probably 247, but that son of a gun rolled up on there. So. I'm, uh, I, I almost got onto the green on a, I think it was like a 339, something like that. Shit you not. One of the last holes sure. of the Woodlands uh, that happened to me, like, I, I want to say last year. And like, you know, like that, that long par five that like goes down. I'm pretty sure what happened was it caught a wind gust and then it hit off the cart path going down the hill. It literally, I, it must have gone 400. My, we were fucking flat. You're saying 18? Uh, 17, I think it is. It's the long par five that like goes to the left. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. that yeah, 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 I can visualize. Yeah, that. my brain yeah. is broken. So there might have been some hanky panky by the guys up front or something like that into hitting into him. I don't know what happened, but it, it that was wild. But we don't have to spend too much time on that. Uh, there is a lot to get into tonight. We're trying to keep it on a little bit of a tight, uh, tight schedule. We're recording a little later than usual here. You had to head down to the uh, Greater DC area, the DMV, as some might call it, for a nice little dinner. How was that? was good. Had a little onion pasta dish with some roasted steak and had a nice little din-din, nice little Tuesday night din-din. So fired up, ready to get fully recovered. Wednesday is usually where I reach peak homeostasis, long sauna session, long gym session ahead of me tomorrow. Got out into the the great outdoors and golf today. So I'm feeling pretty good, feeling excited, excited for the stretch of games the Ravens have coming up. Game two of a three-game homestand. And a lot of home games to finish things off here. I mean, let's talk about the fact, too. The Ravens have a game on Christmas night and then on New Year's Eve. And they're against the 49ers and the Dolphins. That is so sick. And the Ravens are looking right now like those are just going to be sick matchups, sick games. So a lot of fun. Feels a lot like vibes of 2019. I think the city's starting to buzz. I think people are starting to have a lot of fun with it. And we're here, man. We're here to, to make the bank great again, do all that good stuff. Hit me up if you want a T-shirt. I see a lot of people starting to get their orders, and uh, we, we rolled out some Johnny T-shirts from one of the greatest. Again, Twitter's just been great lately. Lamar Jackson just solving quadratic equations on Twitter while he's abroad and uh, tweeting out Johnny. So if you want a Johnny T-shirt, if you want to make the bank great again T-shirt, we're going to have some banks giving T-shirts I do want to preface, I say, before we get kicked off here, the Exit 52 boys will be having Thanksgiving, I believe, the Tuesday of Thanksgiving week, if I'm not mistaken, Jake. Is that what we're planning on Tuesday? It might be that or the Wednesday. I know, speaking of golf, I, I got a tournament that Wednesday, uh, the Wednesday before, uh, Blackout Wednesday, as some call it. Uh, we'll certainly see what happens this year, but yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be one of those one of those two days. It is going to be before Thanksgiving, I think. I think Brian, you know, his head's getting a little big. He, he coins that phrase on the incident analysis the other night. I think he wants that to technically be. He wants Thanksgiving itself to be the Bengals Thursday night game coming up here. 
um, which, you know, of course, we don't have to belabor the point, but I will not be in attendance for that, so it makes me sad. But, you know, if you want to make it that, then that's fine, but we're also going to be doing the stream as well. And we're... Uh, Hopefully some fun stuff in the works as far as, uh, you know, putting his face on a turkey, you know, for the graphics package and things of that nature. Just a lot of the, the creative juices are really flowing right now. They are. So we'll be doing a happy hour live session, I believe that Tuesday or Wednesday, where we're just going to have some guests. We're going to be having some drinks, having some fun. So if you want to join us for that, we would love to, to have that live stream. Going to be a happy hour live stream where we're fired up about and should be a really fun time, too. So. Lots of fun stuff in the works. I guess while we're at it, we're not going to have the Settleman on tonight either. And we do have the Snapback Sports Thursday Night Football. We have about 90 tickets left, I believe. Thursday Night Football, 11-16. The Ravens host the Bengals. $25. All you can drink, hot dogs, hamburgers, and quote-unquote other special foods. Beer, liquor, all you can drink. That's going to be going down in Lot H. You can find those tickets on my Twitter. You can find them on Jack Settleman's Twitter as well. So go get those before those sell out. I imagine a good bit of those will start to move. You can use the code DUMMIES for $5 off of those. And I guess that's all the, the happenstance maybe that we have going on before we get into it today. Yeah, there was a you know a little bit of housekeeping to do, but that's just the, the way that it goes. we got to pay the bills around here, and uh, it is that time of year, man. Things are just absolutely popping off. We de we definitely had uh, our quiet stretches during the summer. We had the summer of banks. We had people in and out of vacation. We had all sorts of things going on. Uh, Orioles were hot, so we, we definitely did have a lot to talk about, but right now things are just, uh, things are coursing through the veins of this fan base right now, uh, yeah, as far as the Ravens go. And yeah, I mean, 7-2, and two, yeah, you made the point, I think, looking as good at this point in the season as they have uh, in many, many years. Funny enough, I mean, 2021, what were they, like 8-2 and two that year, and then they wound up going 8-9, and nine, so that was, that was a fun season, uh, certainly. Last season, I think they started out strong, and it's just kind of, you know, the, the injury to Jackson after the Denver game or during the Denver game, and, you know, things just kind of slowly, slowly fizzled out. You had all the contract shit going on. It's just right now the vibes are absolutely peaking. He signed the contract. All of that is behind them. His body language is way better. You got Odo Beckham scoring the touchdown uh, against the Seahawks. You, ha you have him running onto the field celebrating with Justin Tucker. Lamar Jackson, is a, it, it just feels like he is in an all-time good place personally right now and certainly he is in a very good place professionally after that dismantling of the Seahawks which I guess we can get into let's crack open in the notebook a little bit definitely we can start with mega culpa which last week I guess it was the same thing I said the same thing after the Lions game I feel like we put all the pieces together and neither of us really had that gut feeling this was going to go bad we didn't get into that that kind of one foot in one foot out we sometimes tend to do when we do the predictions that uh, you know, oh, yeah, you know, I have a bad feeling in my in my gut, but I have a good feeling in my brain, things like that. I think we put the pieces together again, and it was just the same thing. Like, the Ravens' pass rush was going to be too much. The Seahawks hadn't faced a quarterback as good as Lamar Jackson. And you know, I, Miles Garrett does apparently think, according to the Up and Adams show with Kay Adams, that he would take Joe Burrow over Lamar Jackson. Tons of people are trickling that clip around whatever I actually had matt robinson the producer i think of the up and adam show send me that trying to get me to share it I was like, all, right, <laughs> all, right, all right man uh but so it was like again i feel like i put the pieces together but still didn't see the puzzle and the ravens are really good they're just really fucking good and now you see guys like keaton mitchell popping off a little bit guy only played i think 10 snap i uh, had 10 carries like 12 snaps something like or no excuse me had 14 snaps and like 140 yards, almost 10 yards rushing per snap he played. Not even carry he the had. Wheel, the wheels in the bus. Shout out to our guy, uh, was it Ravens fan for life on Twitter? Uh, coined I that. think so. The wheels in the bus. The wheels in the bus. Keaton Mitchell and Gus Bus Edwards. Just so many things when you go back and, and watch the tape. But the, the big thing for me was just, like I put the pieces together again, just like the Lions game. It was like, I don't think they do enough defensively to confuse the Ravens. I don't think they... Um, have the offensive line and talent to kind of thwart Mike McDonald's pressure system right now. And I was like, all right, Ravens win 29-23, and they blew them out of the water. And then going back, I mean, I, I was indulging in some frat sodas on Sunday and stuff, having a good time. It was a close game for a while. Like, the whole first quarter, I, I think it was 0-0, if I'm not mistaken. The Ravens end up scoring early in the beginning of the second quarter. To make it seven nothing, I think it was what seventeen to three at half, something like that. So not you know crazy out of hand. Definitely a solid lead there. But man, this team, after the two kind of years of blowing leads and feeling uncomfortable and all the close games, they just 
move. They just finish. They just close. They just hit. And something we talked about earlier, and we were saying one player on the Ravens doesn't really fit this persona, but it's the dumb jocks, man. They're just the dumb jocks. Kyle Hamilton and Roquan Smith. The amount, and, and Patrick Queen is full jock now. We were kind of questionable of him as, you know, a real 100% jock. He's full jock. You can see it. The amount of times where, like, Kenneth Walker was hitting a cutback lane or something, and then the jocks just got his ass. Like, Hamilton, Smith, Queen, Stone, all those guys, you know, freaking Geno, man, coming down. Those guys are hitting dudes. It is violent. It is wild. So, um, I, I again, just didn't quite see a blowout coming. It didn't feel like they were going to blow both of those teams out, and the Ravens are rolling. I think the biggest thing about it is that they're healthy. They're pretty much as healthy as they can possibly be. You can hear me tapping on wood there, knock on some wood. Jake did too. If you're watching, you'll see. But they're healthy. They're confident. They're rolling. They have continuity. And Lamar Jackson, man, the throws he's making, I've tweeted about it. It's been circulating. You know, the arm angles, the arm slots, the jump throws, the sidearm, all the stuff he's doing, like 20 yards and under, is insane and honestly hasn't really had this big year like throwing bombs and stuff hit the early flower shot um you know had a couple deeper passes whatever some some kind of crossing stuff but just ripping teams apart over the middle of the field worse than he was in 2019 and uh, there's a bunch of stupid box score stats floating around and engagement farming stuff of like oh touchdowns he's tearing teams up the ravens offense is tearing teams up so my mega culpa is just not seeing that it really was just the Lions game again. Yeah, I mean, Gus Edwards, five touchdowns through the last two games, and that's... Six in the last three games. Yeah, and that's a lot of those are... I mean, really all of those. He hasn't ripped off many long runs this year. They're all kind of coming within that red zone area where he, you know, hypothetically could be hitting a Mark Andrews or whoever else. So for people that want to do the whole, like, passing touchdowns thing, whatever. And if it costs him an MVP, whatever. He's already got one. I'm not too worried about that. I don't think he's worried about that in the slightest. So, yeah. It's looking pretty darn good, man. And it's kind of what I've been saying. Like like this offense, they just know how to fucking finish, man. And they know how to line up, too. They know how to tie their shoes, and they know how to walk to work. They figured those things out. That was kind of the one thing that was really my concern, uh, or not really my concern, but my thing that I wanted to see fixed was I just wanted to look cleaner. I just wanted to look a little better. I, wanted, I didn't want this frantic, like, let's be in the line, let's be in the huddle for... 25 minutes and you know recite this Russian novel of a play call and we're going to sub in three guys and we're going to go to this personnel package and then we're going to get to the line with three seconds left and maybe we'll get the snap off and maybe not maybe the ball will fly over his head and maybe this will happen you know they get down to the red zone they can't finish they're just clinical man they're freaking clinical and it's showing up uh you know pretty much drive in and drive out even on the unsuccessful ones it just looks like there's a plan and they're executing it, it goes all the way back to that Bengals incident analysis we did um it, it, it just looked amazing to me in that game and that, that really portended good things to come. And, and they had their slip up. Certainly that Colts game was one of them. The Steelers game obviously was the other, but you talk about those as a low watermark games that they really should have won. Then, you know, it, it compares pretty well to when it's peaking and it's at, at its absolute best. Like it has been in the last two of the last three weeks, really. And you can throw the Cardinals game in there too. I think they looked uh, good at certain points in that, but Overall, it's just it's kind of all coalescing and coming together at a pretty darn good time for them because you mentioned it. They've got a, you know, a little bit of a gauntlet coming up here. The Brownies are not going to be an easy out this coming Sunday. The Bengals obviously very tough to quickly turn around to uh, play on a Thursday there. And then, you know, it, it's a big home stand, but some tough teams down the stretch. But I think they've shown they can play with anyone. And I think it, it kind of it goes into my take that you just you need an alien at quarterback to really be a Super Bowl contender in my eyes. Because I look at these rosters like the Seahawks and the Lions, and man, they're they're talented. They're really well coached. They've got guys at every level, but it's an alien at quarterback, and it's it's also playmakers on defense. You need to be able to take the ball away too. Uh, and you know, if you lack that killer instinct, it could be tough in an offense that or in a league uh, that has turned into basketball on grass in a lot of ways with some of these offenses. You need guys like a Geno Stone that can take the ball away at will which is such a weird thing to say. I would not have even thought I'd be saying that like six weeks ago, but Geno Stone turning into an automatic bucket uh, on that side of the ball for them. So yeah, it's it's clicking. And really the only concern right now is are they peaking a little bit too early? Yeah, I don't think they are. I think that they are not even, I don't think they've peaked yet. And the score might not indicate that. They did play the, people go, oh, the Cardinals, they only beat the Cardinals. No, the Browns just blow the Cardinals out. They're about to play Browns, whatever. 
they're still not even all the way there. Like there are still, I guess, to break into the notebook, there are still past game concepts, things that don't make sense that are happening. But that's the beauty of it. I did a YouTube video. You can find it on the YouTube page called, uh, I think, why the Ravens are the best offense in the NFL. And my logic is, as I've said on the podcast we've been doing for years, because they run every type of offense. They run spread quick game, spread option runs, spread just gun run. They run shots and play action out of spread. Then they go under – they've got screen game. They've got RPO out of spread. They go under center, and they're booting, and they're running zone, and they're running quick game, and they're taking play action shots. And they can go line up three tight ends and six offensive linemen and punch you in the mouth. And if you cover it perfectly, there's a play I have in that breakdown. You really can see it all on the, the first touchdown drive that they had. They ran like, and it's funny because you're to your point, Jake. They can tie their shoes. They can get the you know they can get in their car, commute to work, show up on time, have a cup of coffee, be smiling, perky, and ready to go. But they are running completely different concepts, play to play, and drive to drive, and series to series. And they're starting to get that comfortability, especially against zone looks, which they will always get more of because of Lamar Jackson's legs, where. They know where the soft spots are going to be and when it's timed up and when they can hit that little shot in the hole, things of that nature. So um, they are throwing the kitchen fucking sink at defenses in terms of spread elements, West Coast elements, under center power game, like pro style, you know, what people think of as pro style, which is really under center kind of eye and, and single back stuff. They ran a split back veer with Mark Andrews as a split back where Justice Hill took off one way. It was a GT. And then Mark Andrews lead blocks for Lamar Jackson. And then they'll go run it like a, a completely different concept. I know some people don't love the screens. The screens keep defenses honest. Even if they're not these big successful plays, it's like, well, shit, we can't really sit back deep over top or we're going to have to come up and tackle. Like it's, it's making teams at least respect the width of the field quickly um, in that sense. So it might be a little bit more effective than it is in EPA and you know the quantitative metrics that we all love so much. I think those are some of the gaps you can see in analytics. That is making a defense have to think, we have to cover every blade of grass. So um, Todd Munkin is just doing a fantastic job exactly doing that, making defenses cover every popularized concept that's in the NFL. They run a high rate of motion on top of it. They run the ball a lot diverse pass game while it's not that clean still. And that's why I don't think they've peaked yet. It really still isn't that clean. A lot of it is Lamar Jackson doing crazy shit. And that's why Kurt Warner again, took so much heat. I think we're seeing progress in that direction. I think uh, Mr. Warner would agree as well, but still it's not there all the way. So I'm excited to see this offense continue to grow. Rashad Bateman, Odell Beckham look fast and physical and Bateman's blocking, and Odell is fighting and fighting and fighting. And on that fumble Odell Beckham had was such a viciously clean, professional, savvy comeback route, isolated. There was a lot of talk because he played a few more snaps in the slot, uh, and I think his touchdown might have come out of the slot. I didn't really watch that that much. That, that was all the way towards the end of the game. But um, one on a slant across Tariq Woolen's face and one on a comeback on the other side of the field, I think on Witherspoon, uh, cleanly, like cleanly separating. So those guys are exciting. Isaiah likely popped in this game, started to break some tackles, caught a few passes, looked really quick to make himself available during pressure for both Huntley and Lamar Jackson Had a couple nice catches. So um, this offense is widespread. It's diverse. It's fun. And like you said, it's basketball on turf. Yeah, and he's averaging, or yeah, he's averaging somewhere around three catches a game. It feels like every time he touches the ball, though, he's like getting around the sticks and like making a, a semi-important play. And he had the fumble, obviously, which is not good. But you talk about three catches a game that are getting them a first down or more. He's had some pretty decent runs after the catch. They weren't getting that last year. They didn't have guys like this. They, and like obviously, there was a tax on having to come and play here. There was a tax on essentially having to convince him to come out of retirement. There was a tax on the fact that they didn't have Jackson locked up yet. So that's that's where you get to $15 million a year for a guy like this. But 
you know, it's a one-year deal, and they're trying to win the freaking Super Bowl this year. So it, I just don't think it's that crazy. And, like, it, there's some people having some fun with it, like, dust off the podcasting equipment, and then he scored the touchdown with uh, Huntley. Somebody said, like, make-a-wish touchdown. I, I, I got a kick out of that. Like, it's it, like to an extent, it is kind of like I can laugh at this a little bit, but I don't know, man. It's good enough for me. Like, it's a uh, solid veteran possession receiver, the likes of which they've just completely eschewed, and they never should have really done that because when you look back at those teams um, – that were playing in AFC Championship games, they were essentially three deep. I mean, you talk about Anquan Bolden, Torrey Smith, Jacoby Jones, even guys beyond that uh, that can make play. Lee Evans, you know, solid receiver for them, uh, minus one horrendous play that people unfortunately remember him for. But, you know, you're three, four deep, and it feels like they are this year, and that's very nice. Uh, we've got Aaron Schatz has been hyping them up quite a bit. He's still doing his DVOA stuff. I, I forget exactly where he is right now, now that Football Outsiders is gone, but... Baltimore Ravens are now the number three team ever tracked by DVOA through nine games. He says, I don't think they are quite this good. Let's see them get tested versus a top team, but they are really good. The top two teams, 2007 New England, 1991 Washington, uh, both those teams started 9-0. and And then you've got another efficiency stat, which is, according to True Media, their defense giving up a touchdown on just 8.7% of opposing drives. That is the lowest mark since... The 2000, the 2000 Ravens. Yeah. So, it, you know, like, and like he said, right, a little bit of a, a cupcake schedule, at least as far as quarterbacks are concerned. So I totally get it. But if we're going to say, I, I want to see them have a test like the Bengals, which he did say in his tweet, well, they already went to Cincinnati and beat them. And who are these great quarterbacks really throughout the league that are scaring you that much? There's Mahomes, who you're absolutely going to have to deal with in the playoffs. So I totally get that. But we'll get there when we get there. He's not on the schedule for the regular season for them. Burrow is in the mix, obviously. Bill's kind of looking like a little bit of a stinky mess. Tua, I'm excited to see how that plays out, that offense. You know, I think they are they might be on a little bit of a fraud watch here as far as being a Super Bowl contender, but they can win any game, I think, if they're clicking on all cylinders. So, yeah, like they'll, they'll get to those tests when they get to them, but I think they can play with just about anybody, and those stats really seem to back that up. The, uh, the efficiency numbers love this team very much, uh, you know, very much, just kind of like we do. They certainly do, and when you go take a look at – all of those efficiency numbers. I mean, overall, the the ones I do like, and I'm going to go, I'll even go ahead and say this too. Like we have spent so much time talking about PFF grades and stuff. They're, they're like better than they are bad. They're like more good than they are bad. They are better than the average fan. I tend to agree with them and feel uh, that sentiment. Not like I'm grading them on a scale or anything that meticulous, but I mean, Lamar Jackson is playing the best football. When you go look at any efficiency, he's top 10 in any efficiency and just still isn't even really trying that hard. Like it's not this difficult effort. The Ravens haven't had to come from behind or anything like that. So maybe that's what like the talking heads are missing from buying in all the way or something like, oh, they haven't had a comeback. Well, it's like, all right, they are winning every single game. So sure, uh, sure. And now the people are re retorting back to like, well, this is just like 2019. They run the ball all the time and they haven't, you know, blah, blah, blah. Lamar Jackson, to your point, has probably six pass-catching options that he trusts and trusts to be in the right spot and see coverage the right way. It is a much more popular, acceptable pass game than, than what 2019 was. And the things that people want to see from it are happening. Like Nelson Aguilar and Lamar Jackson have a nice connection. Odell Beckham. Rashad Bateman, Mark Andrews, Isaiah Likely, like all these guys. Devin Duvernay is coming off the bench. You know, a guy that Lamar Jackson probably trusts a fair amount, especially as your fifth receiver there. Then you pair that, you talk, started segueing into the defense. I mean, they don't blow coverages. Like, they don't have any fuck-ups. The one thing they had, like DK Metcalf, the Seahawks did do a nice job against pretty much prevent defense late in the first half. And, and Metcalf is, runs like a really delayed dig, and the stunt didn't work up front, and Roquan Smith didn't quite see it in time, and then DK Metcalf runs, and then they just tied on, you know, strap their boots in and go get a stop, uh, force a field goal. And they're just playing this man-match quarters pressure defense where you watch motion happen, and the Ravens just are it, – it's like – I feel like what's going on based on the information that I've gathered and heard and things I've watched, they have like one word play calls. It'll be like Ohio 
And Ohio has like a hundred different variations to it. All are like, okay, if it's a two by two to the field side, this is what happens. If they motion into three by one, it's all if then. So there's not this like Madden element of like, okay, like we're going to have three deep no matter what. It's all re reactive and responsive to offenses in a sense of keeping them in front of you. You have to nickel, you have to Tom Brady them down the field. Like, they're letting up like one or two explosive plays a game. It's insane. They're keeping everything in front of them and generating drive-killing sacks. And like you said, turning the football over. Kyle Van Noy is having two sack games with like strip sacks. Like it is the basketball on turf isn't just the offense. It's more so on the defensive side of the field. They are so fast, so reactive, so precise, and just intelligent to movement and route concepts and what's happening in front of them, passing off in coverage, like when they're in man coverage, where leverage is. They are so smart. They are so well coached. It is so simple, but so beautifully complex at the same time, which leads into, I think, a bigger conversation of Mike McDonald. And like their defense isn't, uh, I think, Arjun Menon, the guy who worked for PFF, I think he's at Sumner Sports now, shared like cash spending in relation to defensive performance. Not cap hits, but cash spending. Mm -hmm. Shout out to JLC. We'll talk about that. The Ravens didn't spend that much cash this year defensively. Like there aren't crazy payouts this year necessarily, and they're just so efficient. So it's like the system versus the talent. I think there's a solid amount of talent, but I think the system is one out of. I, th I think it's the best in the world. I think it's the best in all of college football and the NFL right now. And Mike McDonald. Don't have to do no sign stealing, not happening in the NFL. So there's no kind of false logic there for his time at Michigan. But I, I think that guy is out of this fucking world. And man, um, it kind of almost feels like Rex Ryan a long time ago, except a completely different human being. Like at the precipice of. Did, what did you say the innovation. other night? Rex Ryan, but not a weirdo? Yeah, it's just like if Rex Ryan was just like a nice, handsome, well-spoken, calm guy instead of like a foot-loving Mark Sanchez weirdo um, that, that maybe got him in trouble. But hey, Rex Ryan went to back-to-back -back AFC championships, so he wasn't some failure of a head coach necessarily. But I, I just don't know, man. It's it's really going to bring some questions in. And you have to give John Harbaugh credit for raising Mike McDonald for years and years and years and years and years and years and getting him up to this point, but holy shit, losing that guy is going to feel like having a knife to the stomach, it feels like. Yeah, it's interesting. And I mean, you you said it the other night that, you know, you want the transition to occur. John, 61 years old. I mean, I'm I, I, I'm one of the bigger John guys that there is, but I'm, I'm seriously considering that as well. And how can you not? I mean, and realistically, I mean, you can give all the... Uh, all the, uh, the breakdowns that you want, all the in-depth stuff that uh, I'm not quite as privy to. I do know that uh, there is going to be an addition to the soundboard, and it is going to be coming from that locker room after each you know win that they have where Mike McDonald seems to get a game ball every single game. You get the Mike, 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 Mike. Yeah, I've, I've just got to find a way to incorporate that into that this show somehow because I'm really enjoying that. And all the guys really seem to enjoy him, to your point. Yeah, and to all your schematic stuff, Absolutely, but he yeah, you're absolutely right. He's just a young, charismatic dude in his mid-30s, and teams are going to be absolutely salivating over him, not just for his scheme, but for the fact that he could do exactly, and it wouldn't shock me at all if he did exactly what John Harbaugh did, where he went in there as uh, John was a relatively young guy, early 40s, I think. Mike would be a little bit younger, but just go in there and succeed from day one. It would not shock me in the slightest. So he is a, an asset that I would not be keen to lose. And if serious and difficult conversations need to be had, I'm willing to at least have them because he, he is one of the bigger rising stars that we've seen in this organization. Meteoric, really. I mean, it's been not even two years um, that we, we have ever seen, I think. And... The, what he's doing with their pass rush, and I mean, shout out to Dr. Rush, Chuck Smith, they bring yeah, in. our boy. Our freaking boy. He has, like, Odafe Owe understands hand-to-hand -hand combat and could, like, maybe go compete in, like, some sort of, like, I don't know, Muay Thai competition. Like, all of a sudden, Odafe Owe is stringing together moves based off of leverage, spinning inside, spinning outside, swiping, and then ripping through. And it's not this, like, robotic... I'm going to now rip, rip. It's smooth, quick, precise. Almost had a sack on one of them. Ends up getting a sack on another. Jadavian, like all of those guys, 
are playing so confidently and rhythmically as a pass rush, it is out of this world as opposed to what expectations were going into the season. They are able to stunt and create pressure. They can, of course, do the sim pressure and blitz a Kyle Hamilton or a Mallet, but it hasn't even it hasn't been that in like a month. It's just been those front guys. Like Queen and Smith aren't getting sacks in the last like month. It's straight up Matabike, Owe, Pierce, Clowney, Van Noy. Like it's those dudes getting sacks. Um, it's it's just really truly unbelievable. And I think I saw Next Gen Stats posted that teams that hold the ball for more than two and a half seconds, which is about the average NFL release time, time to throw from snap, are minus 144 EPA against the Ravens. And the next closest is like minus 78. If you hold the ball, you will die. Like they are so sound on the back end paired with that pass rush. You will die. You can't hold the ball. So that starts to be interesting when you look at the teams in the AFC, all of the quarterbacks hold the ball. Like Josh Allen holds the ball. Pat Mahomes holds the ball. Joe Burrow, okay, well, earlier this year was the quick stuff. He's starting to hold the ball. He said he feels fast again. He's breaking tackles, doing all that point guard Joe Burrow stuff. Like Tua is the one who doesn't. Um, so that's, I think, a curious matchup. I think that might be maybe the best matchup if they're both healthy for the Ravens defense in terms of giving them a challenge. But man, I mean, Deshaun Watson holds a football. Trevor Lawrence, he can get the ball out. He'll he'll hold the ball though. Uh, Herbert, maybe we'll see. Like, I'd say Lawrence and Herbert are kind of hit or miss with that. They can have some more quick game games, things like that. But man, if you hold the ball, you'll die. And it's hard to generate explosive plays against such a jocked up athletic fuckboy defense that has these guys on the back end that they do if you're getting the ball out quickly. Like, okay, you want to throw screens, throw a quick game? Okay, then it's Roquan Smith and Kyle Hamilton and Marlon Humphrey and Geno Stone, God forbid, a Marcus Williams, Adafe Owe. Matabike chased down a screen. Bam, just nothing. He didn't even see it coming at all. Jumped upfield at Geno Smith and then went and made a tackle three yards past the line of scrimmage, like three steps, bam, bam, bam. So they're jocked up. They're ridiculous. And this team is ridiculous right now. So um, just, man, um, I'm really excited to see this Browns game. The Browns are getting their intel from Kenyon Drake and James Prochet, the uh, the, the little, little, little inside sources there. And I feel like Channel 3 is the type to, uh, to broadcast all activity. He's not going to be like, oh, I'm not giving you guys any hints. I don't know. But – Browns are going to throw the kitchen sink at them. Who else? Everything they, they, they've they got. got. Somebody else, right? Who's going to be like a, a double agent? I know of Drake and Prochet. Oh yeah, it was Drake. That's who it was. Sorry. Yeah. 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 So those are the only two I know of. So and th- that's I mean, both offensive guys, and it's a different offense. I feel like um, you know Kenny Drake wasn't there throughout training camp, and James Prochet hasn't been there throughout the season. So. You know, whatever. But you know what? Browns have a good team. That's just not moving the needle for me. All right. Like you can steal signs. You can counter stallions as bitch. Do whatever you got to do. I, that's, you know, good for those guys. There's not in the NFL, there's not signs. Like there's hand motions to audibles and stuff, but that just changes all the time. That's yeah, exactly. I mean, they literally will, they know that people are trying to steal those. So they will, like Peyton Manning used to like make up fake one, like dummy ones so that people would, uh, you know, jump. It's it, it, in the words of Nick Saban. Do what you do best. Focus on someone else. Defeat yourself. In the words of Stephen A. Smith, we don't care. All right, you know what I'm saying? We we don't care. All right, uh, yeah, Justin Matabike, six games in a row with at least a half a sack for a franchise record. Uh, I mean, the trio of him, Stone, and Patrick Queen, I mean, that, that, that is quite a quite a bit of money that is going to be made between those guys uh, in the coming years. It so. should be somewhere total contract value, probably somewhere around $170 million, I would think. Maybe $150, $170 million between those three. Yeah, so you talk about losing McDonald. I mean, that obviously would be huge if it were to happen. And, I mean, you, you got to think that DeCosta is uh, staying up, you know, with some sleepless nights here trying to figure out how to keep at least one or two of those guys in-house. I, I just don't see how you can't keep two of those guys. You you kind of have to. Yeah. And shout out to Howie Roseman. I mean, Howie Roseman's kept the core members of that defense together for a couple years here now. You got to figure that out. Definitely have to figure that out with those guys. But... Uh, might be. I mean, hey, McDonald's. If there's not a DeCost, a Newsom to DeCosta like plan presented to Mike McDonald, I think he's probably gone next year. 
meaning like, hey, we have a five-year plan for you and you're going to be the next 20-year head coach of the Baltimore Ravens. And I sure hope that's what it is. I, I don't think it's going to get much better than a Mike McDonald. Uh, so with that in mind, keep keep those guys, keep those players, keep these guys around for a couple years. Got Lamar Jackson locked up. Keep continuity. The locker room has buy-in. Everything's bought in right now. And hey, they, they're on a four-game win streak, so we're just you know singing – singing songs of flowers and daisies and rainbows and sprinkles and lollipops and gumdrops. But man, this team feels special. It's exciting. It's fun. And time to do it, man. Got a gauntlet coming up, but it's a fun gauntlet. It should be fun. This should be fun. I'm yeah. not like, Oh no, i fans shouldn't be like, Oh geez, I'm really worried. No, it's like, let's see what they can do. It's like a challenge. So I'm going to declare, I'll say it today. I did this with the Orioles. So I'm going to ride my hot streak. The right. Baltimore Ravens have made the playoffs at seven and two. They're in. They're in the dance. I feel like you said this they're, a couple weeks ago. Maybe I did, but they're in the playoffs. Yeah. So you were way ahead on that news. You're just absolutely just jacked to the tits with this team right now, which is great. Jack to the tits. The division's not over yet. <sighs> One might. I might say that if they beat the Browns, I might say the division's over if they beat the Browns. I, I mean, if they, if they go two and zero here within the next week, I mean, it's then it's over. You can call if that they go two and zero, they won the division. Yeah, pretty much. So yeah. So with with that, we can cruise on into our segments here, our jumbo set weekly segments. If you're listening, like and subscribe on YouTube. If you're not on YouTube, hey, go help us out. Go like and subscribe on YouTube. That's the easiest, fastest way you can support Jake, myself, Taylor, Brian, and Eric, the Exit Fifty Two crew. So go like and subscribe on YouTube. Like it all. Subscribe to us. Helps us out. Pays us a little bit of money. We're building this thing up. We love you guys. Thank you to everyone. Who's bought T-shirts? Speaking of which, mugs, new mugs. Uh, new ad read when you're done here. New ad read. There we go. So this is from our guys you. at Black Eyed Susan Spices Hot Sauce Company. It is time for some big news from them. You already know you can order their award-winning hot sauces and dry rub at BlackEyedSpices.com and get 10% off using code Exit Fifty Two. But up until now, you can only get their stuff in person at the seasoned Olive and Fells Point and the Wine Source in Hamden, which just changed. Now, if you are grilling for your session with football, your pizza order for hockey, your chips and dip for UFC, your omelet for Formula One, I know you're a big fan of the uh, hot sauce and the omelet there, Spenny, or your parents' boring dinner experiences, a lack of hot sauce emergency, you can just head to your local Ace Hardware store. Their award-winning products are now available at the following Ace Hardware locations for our DC people. You've got the Old Town Ace Hardware in Alexandria, Logan Ace, Tenley Town Ace, Fragers Ace, Petworth Ace, all in D.C., Old Tacoma Ace, Silver Spring Hardware in the Maryland Burbs of D.C., and last but extra not least, the Canton Ace, the Waverly Ace, and the Gosh Darn Federal Hill Ace Hardware on Light Street right here in Baltimore. There is no longer an excuse for boring food. Get some award-winning spice in your life from Black Eyed Susan Spice Company any way you can. And those will be live on the Ace Hardware shelves as you're listening to this today. This is the launch day for their distribution partnership with Ace Hardware. So next time you're in there getting some tools or whatever it is, your next DIY project, grab yourself some of their award-winning hot sauce. It's great stuff. It really is so freaking good, man. The chocolate, Death by Chocolate, is so banging and so spicy in like a delayed onset way. It's kind of like a this edible ain't shit situation. Yes, it is in hot sauce form. It absolutely is. It adds so much flavor up front. And then after like 20 seconds into a minute into two minutes, it gives you it. And it's not like this terrible residual burn of like, oh, it's not a, it's not a cheap it's not a cheap burn. It's like a, ooh, it's, a, it's like a whiskey kind of burn. It's so freaking good. I love it. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, had to throw that in there. They That was a hot off the press uh, ad read there as they are going live with those tomorrow. So wanted to give them a shout out there. Uh, see if we can incorporate them into the jumbo set. We don't do go, a hot go, go check them out on Instagram and comment on their posts and buy their hot sauce and tell them Jake sent you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we don't do hot takes here. This is a more measured show, but... We want to give them a shout out and we'll be incorporating them into the jumbo set moving forward. So that is that. And let's jump into some segments. Let's do it. First up, we have the smooth AF smooth play of the week and a couple, couple stand out on this for sure. I'm just going to line it up and rip it on Odell Beckham scoring his first touchdown as a Baltimore Raven hitting the park Heights sauce. After his touchdown, too, hitting that step, looked so good, felt so good. Lamar Jackson's reaction, Justin Tucker's reaction, the stadium at that moment just erupted. And it was so late in the game. Huntley's in, 
and the stadium. I want, I want it on the record when the, uh, when they were in the red zone there. I said Tyler Huntley has a chance to do the funniest thing of all time, and he did. Yeah, who who would have ever thought that Tyler Huntley would be the one to throw him the touchdown at long last? It, it, it's so freaking funny. It's so freaking funny. And uh, Lamar's reaction, him going to go chest bump Tyler, because clearly it was like, Ty, like go, all right, go get Odell. Like, go get Odell. Clearly that was like the solo op mission of the little crew on that drive was get Odell in the end zone. They've been openly saying it for weeks. So um, the route itself, though, was nasty. Just gives that little, uh-uh, that little bob inside, comes back outside. And Huntley, for how awkward his throwing motion can look at times, can really throw those sweet potato egg toss, just bread basket, buttercup balls that just drop right in the basket. Throws a very soft, catchable ball sometimes. So that was awesome too. Odell on the sideline after on Ravens Wire was talking about like, like I think Lamar was making fun of him, like holding his hands out. like his Because Odell was like holding it like it was his, his baby son. He was like, oh, I wasn't letting that thing go. That was not falling between my hands after him being so close so many times. So to me, that was my smooth play of the week. And Really just hitting the park hide shuffle after was just absolutely delicious. That was sick. Yeah, it was. And you, you know, you'd been calling it the last couple of weeks. It finally happens. You've had your, uh, your, your shot a in there. Uh, what, what did you do for the, uh, the, uh, Instagram story? What was that two days ago? What was your celebratory song for him? Oh, I, I had a, I just want to rock little Uzi bird on there for right. that too. Okay. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, that was great to see. Uh, I got to go with the Rook. I got to go with Keaton Mitchell on the 40-yard touchdown run. Uh, And it's interesting. We talked about the home run ball. Are we going to see it in the pass game? I think we both predicted that we would through Zay Flowers. Still wasn't really there, but, I mean, they they were getting chunk plays in the pass game. And then some long runs. And you got a home run out of Keaton Mitchell on that 40-yard touchdown run, kind of split the uh, the safeties, or maybe it was a safety in a corner. Uh, Showing off that speed, man. I think we were both kind of dubious about his ability to hold up uh, in certain situations, but it seems like they set him up to succeed, and he definitely did on that one. That was kind of a, uh, a breakout moment for him. It definitely was. Um, Odafe Owe, I would just want to shout out to him. He hit some pretty smooth spin moves in this game. He was looking pretty stinking smooth. Uh, the... Least smooth thing of this game was Kyle Hamilton's dropped interception. <laughs> that hit him in the neck. That like he missed by a foot with his hands. He he was beside himself after that. Someone who struggled to get the INT numbers. And uh, you know, when he got his first, it was just that lollipop, I think. Dorian Thompson Robinson threw it. But that was the it wasn't the smooth brain, but it was the the rigid hands, this hands of stone. The so, push uh, the push up form was good though. That was smooth. It was. It was. The push ups were very smooth. Uh, so that was our smooth AF smooth plays of the week presented by Baltimore's own smooth as boop. Go check out their line of ours shaving products, guys. I mean, my beard is so smooth. My hair is so smooth. It feels so good. It feels so good. Their lavender CBD products, their grooming, cleansing, shaving products. They're great to shave with. They work as conditioner and lotion. My buddy, when my buddy, who's a master barber, he was in my fraternity in college, he wanted to actually use something for people who had sensitive skin, people who had uh, different reactions, different things, and something that was a little bit more versatile than just a shaving cream, just a lotion, just a moisturizer. Spent like three years, man, making this product. They have lavender, they have eucalyptus, they have CBD, shaving, conditioning, washing, cleansing, all of it. It's an awesome stocking stuffer present. It's like 25 bucks, 30 bucks. Go to smoothafproducts.com. It's like just dirty enough, but not inappropriate because the label says smooth as F asterisk CK on it. And it's really nice. If you know someone, if you have an uncle that has a beard, get it for him. Or if you know uh, an aunt or someone that is a little, little likes to make a crack a little dirty joke or something and you know likes, likes lotions and tinctures and potions, go get it for him. Go support local. Go support my boy. Go support smoothafproducts.com. Love it. Next up, we have the Johnny Crab Cake of the week. And you were tweeting about this one earlier. And I think we can kind of just both go in that direction. But I know that this just brought a ton of joy for you, Jake. So I wanted you to talk about your Johnny Crab Cake of the week. Yeah, appropriately, it's going to John this week. It's got to go to John Simpson. Listen, this did not come into my attention until just a couple hours ago. This is just coming across my desk, folks. I'm going to do my uh, my Walter Cronkite take the glasses off, folks. John Simpson fucked that bitch up. And I mean, like, it, you, what else can you really say? I mean, it, you know, that, that whoever it was that he crunched, he lived an amazing life. 
And, you know, I'm actually very sad to hear what happened to him, but John Simpson absolutely fucked that bitch up on the pool uh, on the Ravens rushing touchdown there. Shout out to Chris Long and Kyle for uh, the awesome segment on the, the Green Light podcast. Everyone should check that out, but just went mini viral with uh, resharing that clip. So thanks to them for the great content. Some good engagement farming by me. I feel like a, a hard day of honest work. Go, uh, you know, put the candle out and go to bed after my, uh, my, my day out on the farm there. But uh, John Simpson, he fucked that bitch up. That is my Johnny Crab Cake of the Week. Definitely. Michael Pierce cracks me up. Uh, the John Simpson stuff is hilarious. And and honestly, Cole and I, there are some <laughs> people that, like John Simpson is, is the Ravens worst offensive lineman. Like it's, it's pretty clear, but he also has the irony of it is that Chris Long is sharing a club two minute long clip of him just absolutely eviscerating people. Yeah. He had, he had, he had like a full highlight highlight reel for it. It wasn't just that one play. He does. Is. He does put bodies in the dirt and has an edge to him and always has that he'll lose like three or four. And I've been bitching to Cole for like a month. Cole kind of just like laughs and says it back too. And oh, I've been privy. I've, I'm in that chat. So I've been privy yes, to it. Yes. 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 It's me, Jake and Cole. And, uh, but then I had the realization like of that highlight. And there are some people that are like, well, this doesn't show up. Like, all right, don't take it that seriously. He has some sick highlights as a lineman. Chris Long's a big boy. He wanted to show some stuff, but if you're worse lineman and don't get me wrong, he's losing three, four, five reps, as bad and as clean as you can lose them most games. Like, Jaron Reed fucked him up a couple times in this one. But if your worst lineman has a high highlight reel, when you're a team like the Ravens that likes to run the ball down teams' throats, if you're a John Harbaugh team, that's fine. If your worst lineman through nine games has an, a five-minute-long highlight reel of pancakes and putting bodies into the earth, you're fine. It's yeah, man. He, you know that, what? That made me have a nice realization. You know what? He's Chris, he's Chris Davis. He's going to go three for 15 in, in a three-game series, and two of them are going to be home runs. So you're okay with that, aren't you? Yes. That might not are. be a perfect one-to-one -one comparison, but that's just kind of what came to mind. And, and Cole's, Cole keeps reiterating his big concern is that in a big moment, John Simpson is going to cost them. So that's, that's Cole's boldest of takes um, that he didn't even – I don't know if he shared that publicly, so sorry for outing you, Cole. But um, – Johnny Crabcake. Let's get, let's get our takes it. out there. Let's, you know, have a take. Don't suck. It's okay. It's okay to have and a also, take. And also, like, what were the expectations for him, too? That's the other part of it. Like, is the expectation that he's going to come in and be, like, an all-pro guard? No, definitely he wasn't not. Even, he, he wasn't around. even a guaranteed starter. It was a big story when he earned the starting job. Yes, it was. So, um, we're, we're, I'm turning the new leaf. We're John Simpson supportive. This is a John Simpson supportive podcast. He's fun. He's fun. When you look at it that way, he's fun. And the fact that he loses the way he does even makes it better in the like, not every play because you're a Ravens fan has to be the best play ever and shit goes wrong. I got to find that picture of him when you were in the starting job. That was the funniest picture I've ever seen. I, I don't know who took it. It might have been Jonas or somebody in the locker room down there in Tampa where he's just like, literally, it's just a frontal shot of him just like. Just smile. Like, it's incredible. Like, like a third grade picture. Yeah, great. Exactly. It was like a school picture day. Yeah, it was, it's just great content with John Simpson right now. That's really what I'm in the game for is good content. And he's bringing yeah, the heat. And that, that's exactly the point. John Simpson is good fun. He's good, wholesome fun. And the fact that he does lose sometimes and stuff is part of that good fun. Yeah. Listen, he's the unstable compound, right? He's, he's Phil Mickelson out there. And it's, it's great to watch. It is. It is. Um, I just want to shout. We'll just keep shouting out Michael Pierce because he is the Johnny Crab Cake. The I'm not kidding. The only times that the Seahawks could stop him, he was being bear hugged, and it wasn't called. And it, he wasn't even like flipping out about it. I think if it was a close game. He would have made a scene, like after a couple of them. He is working people. So I just want to continue to shout him out. We love the big boys. This is a big boy podcast. It is the jumbo set. We love you guys for listening. Um, we don't have any other segments doing. Is that is that that? I think we're. Am I blanking on something? I think. Think we're good. Think we're Gucci. Think we're Gucci. So with that, go buy some t-shirts. Make the bank great again. We have some Johnny. We have some Johnny t-shirts. Some Johnny gear. We've got stickers. We're passing out. Go buy some tickets on the Snapback Sports Thursday Night Football tailgate. They're going to go pretty fast, I think. Here as that game starts to approach. So if you want to do the world's cheapest all you can drink and all you can eat that Jack is putting together because Jack I, Jack basically made a really cheap tailgate that's all you can drink and all you can eat because Jack makes content. So he's, I think, yeah, losing money on of the a tailgate. Speaking of a content guy, it sounds like he might have some more intel on uh, a potential Derrick Henry situation that might have been yes. you know, shot yes. down by certain people and might have been reported by somebody. We don't have to get into it. We'll listen to, listen to the Punchline podcast. Listen to the Punchline podcast if you're listening to this. Definitely go support Jack, but... 
I think Jack is eating money on the tailgate and hopes he'll get like lots more YouTube views and things like that. So if you want to be part of engagement farming in the sense that you get to get drunk for cheap and eat good food and hang out with a bunch of dumb idiot studs like us, then come on down, check my Twitter, check Jack's Twitter, and we'll probably settle up with the settlement next time. We need to go a little late. We didn't even talk to him today. We'll catch up. He's been a busy boy too, but come check out the Bengals game. Keep packing the bank. Keep using Twitter to sell tickets to Ravens fans. Go save yourself some fees, save other people fees, and sell to Ravens fans. The bank was loud. It needs to get louder. The Ravens, I think, now have five of eight remaining games at home and hopefully go get a home playoff game. I think if the bank is loud enough, like it was on Sunday, the Seahawks had two false starts and just were struggling to communicate. On Geno Stone's interception, Geno Smith tried to make an audible, and Tyler Lockett is like, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. What's the play? Putting his arms up and shrugging and led to an interception. Yeah, so that, was, that ball there was There is nowhere. a direct tangible impact of standing in M&T Bank Stadium and screaming on third down, and it is silent count and a lack of communicative ability for the opposing offense. That there's ball. not some... There's not some Fugazi thing going on here. If the stadium's loud, it's harder to operate as an offense. So Listen, go help the Ravens win games. Nobody knows that better than the Seahawks. And the uh, man, that ball was not within a country mile of Tyler Lockett. That was, uh, <laughs> I think you're absolutely right. That was a miscommunication thing because I think Gino kind of threw his hands up too, or Gino Stone or Smith, I should say, threw his hands up. I almost, almost he almost got me there, but. Smith Stone, Stone Smith, Smith Stone. So with those Smiths and those Stones, we're gonna get the Stone out of here. Thank you guys so much for supporting us. Again, like and subscribe on YouTube, and we'll have a preview for you guys on Friday ahead of the Ravens' 1 p.m. matchup against the Cleveland Brownies. Then we got a lot of primetime football after that. I think the Ravens have, what, four primetime games in five weeks, something like that? So the boys are going to be having some late nights, and hopefully you'll uh, stay up with us and have some fun with us and show up at the bank. Yep, looking forward to it. Uh, in the meantime, like you said, like and subscribe on YouTube. Go ahead and get some comments going. Let's rev the engagement up. Let's just get that engagement farming going. Get the combine harvester out. Get the tractor, uh, you know, John Deere, things of that nature. Let's get all that going. Follow us on Twitter at Exit52Podcast, at Jumbo Set Podcast for this particular feed. I am at Jake Luke. That is L-O-U-Q-U-E. He is at Ravens 4 Dummies. That is the number four. You can follow the other three chuckleheads at Barstool Banks, at Taylor Smith 10, at E-D-I-T-T-I 22. Thank you guys as always, and we will talk to you again very soon. See ya. Arrivederci. and they execute the system, and that's what it's all about. Oh, God. Yes, sir. Trust. He's pretty, he's pretty, big, big trust. trust. Big, big trust, trust. Hey, yes, sir. <laughs> right on cue. Hey, right on cue. Hey, I, let me pull